Hey, yo, Scotty, you going crazy for this one. We see what you're doing, we salute you. Hey, let's get it started. It's Backpack Capital One. What's in your wallet? Got a call from my man, A. Scott. I said I got it. Love that you highlighting all of these black colleges. Try to pay me for doing this. Look, bro, if you don't get off my line with that foolishness, voice of the swag. Pull up where you at, no cap. If the Brody is speaking the soft facts. My advice, tune in to every show. Captain Petty, but we know that the sergeant is with the smoke. Speculate, just tell me what is we doing. Get into it, okay? Look, I'ma say this and keep it moving. My boy Scotty, man, he off of the leash. Black grad paying college. I'm glad that he called me. Walk it, cause we all been taught that talk is cheap. Even primetime knows got for the HBCU streets. What is going on? What is going on, everybody? You are live watching All Script. It's Scotty. I got my co-host for the round table. My boy, the boy wonder, my boy Blue. <laughs> What's good? What's good, man? What is going on? All right, listen, guys, I know you are in for a special treat today, but I do have to give you guys an update. Uh, Smash wanted to be on, but he's having a power outage down in Baton Rouge. It's a bad storm. He lost his power, so he's not. All right. But, <laughs> but listen, 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 I've been getting, I've been getting, what's the word? Like, let's, like record requisitions when people like ask you for somebody like they making proposals like i've i've had this name people have scotty you ain't nothing till you get dr cavill scotty you ain't nothing till you get dr cavill hey scotty bring on dr cavill he's here he's in the building you know what i'm saying that's that's how you make listen I, listen listen bro like listen it's like it's like hbcu royalty you know what i'm saying like it's like hbcu royalty in the building recommendations that's it recommendations all right so please please give it up for the honorable, incomparable, Dr. Kavir, what is going on, Doc? I'm good, I'm good. Good to be on, man. Too much. Y'all too much. Y'all too much. Yeah, no, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. We're honored to have you on to the round table. I know you're a busy man. Busy, busy man. But once again, like I said, I am, I am, man, listen, speechless, priest. I just, I'm glad you came on. Well, they say you, they say you give the people what they want. And I certainly believe in giving the people what they want. So they want me, I'm here. What they want. That's what they, that's, listen, I'm telling you, Dr. Cavill, I'm telling you, I've had numerous, numerous Instagram messages, all type of stuff saying how, got to get the OG on, got to get Dr. Cavill, got to get Dr. Cavill. You know what I'm saying? So you're here. So you've made the platform official. You know what's, listen, this episode, I'm going to probably put it at, you know, you know, the recommendation video when you come on, some people's <laughs> yeah. on the channel. Yeah, that, that's going to be it. I'm gonna take the Dion one down and I'm gonna put you up. And I'm like, I made it. I made it. All right. So listen, Dr. Bill, appreciate you having me on. Blue, you already know, boy wonder. All right, we're gonna get right into it with the breaking news of Conference USA. We all know, we've all seen it, is losing their teams. Uh, Blue, Dr. Cavill, you guys, how likely would a SWAC team move up and how realistic would that look to uh to SWAC fans? To SWAC fans, it, it looks real. I mean, they want to see it. We've been chiming for FBS, I would say, maybe 20 years. I know that sounds ridiculous, but you've hear, heard the little chatter out there. I think the time is right in terms of a move, but I don't think any of the FBS programs, uh, I'm shooting any of the HBCU programs out of the MEAC SWAC, or uh, even A&T, uh, probably the one with the biggest enrollment that could make the move i don't think any of them are ready 
Mm -hmm. This sudden change caught them a little faster than what they wanted to be. If it happened in three years, certainly five years, you probably have a lot more programs that would be not only waiting for Conference USA, they'd probably be calling Conference USA, frankly. What you got, Blue? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can't really speak on the whole infrastructure type of things. That's why, you know, I'll let Dr. Cavill go first on that one. But for me, the latest breaking news is James Madison and Missouri State are almost confirmed to already have offers to the CUSA. So, like, those are the two FCS programs that they went after first. And then the rumor is they're going to target probably the top two teams from the ASUN, the WAC, the CAA, the SWAC, and they're going to offer membership to everyone, the Big South, when you look at a Monmouth, an A&T, maybe even a Kennesaw State, they're going to offer all these schools membership because they're potentially losing even more teams on top of what they've already lost because of the craziness of conference realignment. So for me, I think football-wise, it would make sense to do it, especially when you have this much hype behind like the SWAC right now, just a Jackson State, a FAMU. I mean, the hype is at an all-time high, so why not try to take that. You have the stadium, you have the fan base, everything's there. Now the money and infrastructure and things like that is a completely different thing, but they're going to get offered. It just depends on can the CUSA one offer the TV deal to make it work. Can they offer the funding to make it work? Can they work with the SWAC possibly? Because this is what we saw with Texas, Oklahoma. The SEC said, we want you, so we'll give you a five-year period to work it out with the Big 12. Would the CUSA be like, okay, a Jackson State, a FAMU, an A&T, we'll give y'all three, five years to figure it all out, and then y'all come join us. That could be something that we've seen conferences do. The Big 12 gave a grace period to Cincinnati, BYU, all these other schools. So maybe that's something that the SWAC, if, if you know, the ADs at Jackson State, Alcorn, FAMU, whoever it may be, if they can work that out, I think this becomes way more likely than, you know, like a move like next year or something like that. Uh, Dr. Cavill, let me ask you a question. Um, now, we, we've also seen it in my short time that uh, HBCU fans like their classics, like their matchup, likes their, their history games. You're moving up to a CSUSA. It kind of takes that away from you when you start splitting up the swag. How is the fan involvement going to move and etriculate as, the, as they move up, if they do move up in that conference, in a, in a powerful conference? Scotty, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, along what you talk about is that it would have to be a couple of HBCU going on. I recommend at least two, but I think for it to really work, it needs to be four. Because mm. then you have the benefit of being able to keep some of that natural cultural association with classics or new classic-like games can be kept. Mm -hmm. and so you need, in my opinion, the last study I did on this about 20 years ago, my recommendation that you had to have a minimum of four if they were going to join an already existing FBS conference or look at seven to eight to nine HBCUs creating a plan to work it together. I love the idea of Conference USA um, being a little more strategic in talking about we will work with you to create a plan over three to five years. That would get some ADs, some of those aggressive ADs like Courtney mm -hmm. Gauthier, uh, frankly, Jackson State, Ashley Robinson, uh, I know them personally. I know that would make them think twice. The problem you would have is the commissioner, Dr. Charles McCullough, is just as aggressive. And if anybody strikes at SWAC, he's going to have a counter move. So the plan for SWAC to think about going FBS uh, may 
move a little faster, even if they look at splitting the conference where you have half the teams operate at FBS and the other operate at FCS until they're able to join uh, wow. the FBS and go get a TV contract. Wow, that's and, a good move. And, I mean, I guess this is my question for both of you guys because both of y'all you know, might have a better perspective on this. It's easy to cherry-pick the top four teams in any conference to move up, but because of the classics and the robberies, what four teams would you like to see go together? Who has to go together and who has to stay together? So if you had to pick four teams right now who you would want to see leave the SWAC and go to the CUSA together, who would those four teams be? Go ahead, Doc. Two of them uh, that are real easy um, would be FAMU and Jackson State. You know, those programs in terms of attendance, cultural relevance, um, rivalries that somewhat exist, those would be two that I would look at. The next couple of ones become a little more challenging in terms of they have maybe the cultural relevance, but they may be short in terms of enrollment or they may not be in the best location. So I'll give you three to five others that you would want to consider, not in any particular order, if you allow me to do that. Yeah, the next one, look at Southern is one to consider. Uh, Some concerns I would have in terms of financially, would they be ready to really make that move? In terms of fan base, you all know that. They're ready for that kind of stuff, right? (laughs) Yeah, most Um, definitely. Grambling in terms of history is another one, and it keeps the Grambling-Jackson State rivalry, Grambling-Southern rivalry. The problem with Grambling is their enrollment is not really there. The area is not really an area that any major conference would want to have, which brings me to two more, uh, three more that I would say look at that may have some other issues in terms of winning lately or in terms of um, they would have the finances to do it. I know that in terms of supporting it, mm-hmm. uh, but they may have some facility issues they need to look at, which would be Texas Southern and Houston, which is going to surprise a lot of people. But uh, as you know, conferences would love to get into Houston, Texas, Nashville in terms of Tennessee State. They're having a little problem with attendance, but anybody would love to get in that market. And then obviously A&T gives you the Greensboro, pretty nice market, close enough to Charlotte they get you. Trickle. They've been winning relatively lately. They have a commitment. They have the enrollment. So that those are ones that I would say that you want to kind of buzz around. Um, mm-hmm. The last one I would throw out there that's close enough to Houston, needs some facility work, but their association with Texas A&M as mm-hmm. the sister institution would be Prairie View A&M University because the finances would be there to support a move from the, the overall governing institution. I think for me, um, and you know, Jack State fam, you that's a give me. Uh, me personally, without you know all the overarching, just like what I would like to see. Honestly, I would like the Southern and Grambling Bayou Classic to be taken to a a power to an FBS program. I think that would be dope. And then, um, you know, I I feel like it would be remiss if I if I didn't say Alcorn because of the winning stature. You know what I'm saying of the consistency of the winning so i think them alone should be in consideration just for the fact of how they've been winning at such a dominant level in the swag i feel like uh for mcnair to do what he's been doing in Alcorn, with all the issues they've been dealing with and still come out with a winner still be in the in the, in the comp- championship conversation every year um i feel like you got to give it to him just because of off that premise alone you, you now i know people are people like well they ain't got this they don't have that they don't have this but 
I mean, you know, you know, McNair is going to build you something. I, I just, I don't know. I just, I just believe in McNair that much that I feel like you, you let it, you let him walk into a kid's living room and say, we are D1. You know, we're going to, you, you know, he, he's going to kill it. He's just going to kill it. And that's just my personal opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know people going to say, oh, come on, I have money. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm putting my faith in McNair and McNair I trust. <laughs> I well, McNair and, I trust. and it's not even just a CUSA. I mean, we talked last night in the Twitter spaces about how the expansion isn't done. The Big 12's gearing up for another round. The ACC and Big 10 aren't probably done. And the Pac 12 can steal some Mountain West teams. So, this isn't over. So we were talking last night in the spaces that the Sun Belt and an AAC would also could also be calling some of these FCS teams, including the SWAC, to say, y'all are in our geographical footprint. There's a bunch of hype. I think right now the SWAC right now would be one of the top conferences. They're calling to say, let me get on this hype train. Let mm-hmm. me get let me get a 60,000 person stadium in Jackson State in the Sun Belt. It would be double the largest stadium in the Sun Belt right now with the with the attendance and everything. And we were talking last night, it always isn't on the field performance. That has a part, but also TV contracts in Houston, TV contracts in Tallahassee. You look at Memphis and all these big cities the SWAC has. I mean, Jackson's a fairly big city as well in Mississippi, so you have that TV market. That's why you saw the Big 12 say, screw it. We don't care about geography. We're going to go get Central Florida. We want that Orlando TV market and recruiting. The CUSA says we still want to get our Mississippi recruiting line. They lost Southern Miss, so picking up an all-corner of Jackson State would give them that pipeline to Mississippi. Picking up a Texas Southern would give them that Texas pipeline where they just lost Houston to the Big 12. So there's a lot of moving factors here where people are just looking at on-the-field performance, but TV markets, recruiting, you know, pipelines, everything like that, and then also state robberies. They lost Southern Miss, so why not bring in some Mississippi teams so you can have the battle of Mississippi and the Sun Belt, the battle of Texas between SMU and Texas Southern. Now, I don't know how competitive that would be right now, but down the line, it could be very competitive if you gave Texas Southern five years to catch up. So that is always the case when you're looking at expansion. So don't think this is the end because over the next two, three years, college football is going to shift entirely. It's going to be amazing to watch. Definitely going to be amazing to watch. All right, guys, moving on to the quick recap thoughts on week eight. Uh, pick a game, a scenario that uh, that you thought about or you, you were surprised. And I, I'll pop it off. It, for me, it's simple. Fam, you and Valley. Now, I was at the game. All right. <laughs> I was in Itabina. It was amazing. I did not know it was going to be that exciting. I think, if I'm being honest, I think it was the best game of the week. You know what I'm saying? Just, I mean, just pure excitement. You know what I'm saying? So, for me, it was Coach Dancy is just, he's doing something down there. And I just wish they could give him a little bit more help in what he needs to get that team to go over and, and really push it forward. That fourth and one call, I stand on it. I'm glad he called it. Uh, if you watch the film, it was there. The, the running back just literally slipped. And when you're going, when you're trying to build a winning culture, you got to teach a team how to go get it. You know, no team's going to give it to you, so we have to go take it. So that was my quick recap on week eight. What you got, Blue? Uh, mine, I mean, my, my biggest thing was Prairie View. The way they went into Southern and beat them like that, I mean, let's be honest, not many people, like if you were getting people's prediction, there were not many people predicting a blowout by Prairie View. On homecoming, down there in Mumford Stadium, I mean, they put on a show, and for them to put on the defensive performance in the run game that they did to shut down Southern like that, I mean, you got you have to give credit where credit's due, you know, 
Prairie View proved that they're legit this year. And I thought that was arguably right behind Jackson State over A&M. I thought that was the second best performance in the SWAC this year. That's real. Well, y'all went there, so I'm going to go Houston, all corn, Texas Southern. Nope, not really. You know where I'm going. <laughs> Prairie View Southern University. Everybody hyped it up. Everybody thought Southern was going to get right and blast out Prairie View, and Prairie View was going to do what they've done the last couple of years. Not so fast. Close for a half, and then they turned it on and made a statement. So I agree with you, Blue. When you talk about it, it's Prairie View. And not so much that they won the game. I think there are some people that would have gave them a chance to win. Let's be real with that. That's facts. But the way they won the game, uh, just stopping the run with the team that had ran for 300 yards the last two weeks, and then to pound them and basically pound them into submission Yep, uh, was the statement of the week for me in week eight, Prairie View over Southern, 48-21. to 21. Man, and to I be, to be fair, uh, to be fair, I picked preview and you caught some flack with it. I picked preview. I said it wasn't going to be a blowout. Blue, you my but every, every, now. I know. You, <laughs> hey, everyone's ever. Hey, everyone said my swack hours were too low because I picked against Southern, and now now look how we're looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely did. You definitely did. I was your midterm grades now. <laughs> I was definitely, I was definitely on the Southern. I, I man, I gave, I gave Southern a little too much credit, a little too much credit. All right, going in upcoming games for Week Nine, fellas. UAP Texas Southern. Uh, Doctor Cavill, we don't give score. I, I know you're not gonna give this score. You're not doing this on your channel, Blue. This one, no. Nah. All right, so you can pick the score on this one. But we don't usually give scores because we do videos later in the week. But you know, if you want to give your score, you're more than help. You're more than welcome. But go ahead. Uh, Pine Bluff Texas Southern. This is a pick'em for me. Uh, but I'm going to go with Texas Southern. I think the coach down there is desperate in terms of what he needs to do. McKinney, it's at home. They have been playing well on offensive. If they can find a way to cut down on the turnovers, hold the ball. Right. Yes. To get it done. So I'm going to go with Texas Southern University in a coaching, <sighs> but they get it done. Go ahead, Blue. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I'm, you know I'm going. I'm I'm also I'm also going with Texas Southern. I mean, I don't I don't think there's a team in the country whose morale is lower than what's going on in Arkansas Pine right now. I mean, that like even if you watch the games, and I mean, I I know some of the players on the team and great guys, they just don't look like they're into it right now. I mean, they just look like they are just kind of sleepwalking through the season. And I think like and I think Scotty said this on this channel, they have not looked the same since they blew that lead to Alcorn. I think that took every bit of momentum and wind out of their cells. I have Texas Southern here. And when you look at the weakness for UAPB, every single quarterback has a career game against UAPB secondary. I think yep. Andrew Body has a giant game this weekend. So I got Texas Southern pretty convincingly over UAPB this weekend. You everybody know where I'm going with this one. <laughs> Andrew Body, let's go. That's my guy. That's, 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 that's my guy right there. So I'm going with Texas Southern now. And I agree with you, Dr. Cavill. I'm watching the Alcorn and Texas Southern game. And the only thing that hit me was mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. I mean, just a young team. I mean, you're going in the score. They snapped the ball over his head like he's 7-2. You know, <laughs> Andrew Body going, he rolling left. He trying to do a push pass like he Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing, guys? You know what I'm saying? And then you're getting hit by Ian Kinsler. He's a dog. He's a dog, but you fumble it. So it's just one thing after another. They were in that game. I don't care what nobody says about, you know, they were in that game. So I'm going with Texas Southern. And the you, thing that's you, they get a chance to recover a fumble, it takes a score off the board midfield, and the dude just jumps over the ball. 
what are we doing? Like, that's the stuff you should be looking like. What is that's that? point shaving. Point shaving. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, man. But, you know, but the thing with UAPB was actually the most surprising to me was I thought the secondary would be the strength of this team with Thick Pitt and them boys back there. I love their mindset. I had Jalen on the, ch the channel. I love his mindset. But that cover zero, they got to stop that. It is not working for them at all. They need that defense coordinator to delete that, burn that book. He needs to let that go. Um, but I really think I, I, I like the kid that they, they put in uh, for Skylar Perry. Uh, you know, it's kind of flip and flop with him and, and the other guy, with Skylar Perry and the other guy. But Josh Wilkes, if Josh Wilkes has a big game, UAPB can be in this game. They have Dewan Miller, Josh Wilkes. They have some guys that can go get the ball. They just need a quarterback to go get it to him. But I still feel Texas Southern Clarence McKinley, I think he's doing a good job offensively down there, and they're going to get that job done. So I, I – I got it. I got it 27, 27, 17, Texas Southern. You know, you know, these swag kickers, you can't be, you can't be too sure. <laughs> Next up, you know, Magic City Classic. Now, this game to me, I was looking forward to it when it first came in the spring. I'm like, okay, these teams should either have one loss each or maybe two loss each, but this is not the this is not the the records I thought that we're gonna have coming into this game. Uh, not at all. And for me, I, I, I think it's a statement for both teams, and I'm going to go both ways with it. Alabama A&M has to show that they can get this thing back on track and finish strong. We know the season's pretty much over for them, but you got to finish strong for what you did from the spring. And Alabama State, listen, your coach might not be on the bus after this game if you lose. I just That's all I'm saying. I'm going to be at the Magic City Classic, so I'm going to let y'all know if he's on the bus when it, when, it, when it pulls off. But I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But what you got, Blue? Oh, man, you know, this is this is honestly, I mean, if Connell Maynard loses this game, you go from winning a SWAC championship to next year could be your job mm. if you don't turn it around. I you mean, that's how – I, I don't care. Uh, Gene Chizik <laughs> got an extension at Auburn. Gene Chizik won the national championship and was fired two years later. Listen, SWAC schools ain't uh, just doing payoffs. Uh, like I, okay, I, I got you. I got you. Yeah. But, I mean, he's at least on the hot seat for the next two years. You better win something. And, yeah. I mean, you cannot lose this game if you're Alabama a and I mean, then you're looking at possibly, like, what, a losing record this year? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that just can't happen right now. As bad as Alabama a and defense is, I don't trust Alabama State's offense to move the ball consistently. That run game hasn't been what it was a year ago in the spring. So, for me, I just think Alabama a and has a little bit too much offense. And so, right now, I'm leaning toward a and But I don't release my preview until Friday, so that could all change. But right now, I'm leaning toward a and What? Alabama a and and Coach Maynard, he just signed a contract, so he's safe in terms of that. But you're right. That doesn't mean fans will ask questions and they will ask for a refund. Not sure they'll be able to get it in this case, but they probably will ask. Uh, and uh, the opposite side, as you're saying, Dr. Hill Ely, if he's not careful, he's going to have to come over to the academic side with me and teach uh, <laughs> his degree on the Tuscan But you're absolutely right. It's going to be challenging, and he needs this game. That's why I might give the edge to Alabama State. No, not so fast. Alabama A&M has made some changes on the defensive side. I know you're saying they can't change that much of the defense, but a new voice at this time in the Magic City can be just enough. And I think Akil Glass is going to want to go out on top. Maynard hasn't lost to Dr. Hill Ely, at least in the Magic City Classic component of it. And I think he's going to find a way to keep it rolling. He doesn't want to lose the total momentum that he got from the spring championship. 
to help with some recruiting because he's not going to disappear in terms of Swag East. Yes, Jackson State and fam, you now, but if you think Alabama A&M Bulldogs are going to shrivel and turn into puppies, not so fast, my friend. I'm going with Alabama A&M, the Bulldogs. Plus, my wife is alumni there, and I'd be in trouble if she sees this video. <laughs> that you picked against them. She's she not going for that. Not going for that. Yeah, All I'm right. a real one, brother. I'm going to keep it real. <laughs> hey, appreciate that, Doc. All right, homecoming. Grambling State at Florida A&M at Bragg, all right? So, question, how much of a chance do you give Grambling to beat Fam at Bragg? Doc, you got it? Certainly. I give them a little puncher's chance. They are the Jeep, and they have a huge reputation to find a way to get victories, but um, not enough offense. I like the young quarterback, the freshman. I think he's going to be the real deal. But he just doesn't have enough playmakers around him to help him out. Unlike Bobby, you know, he has some wide receivers. They just hold on the ball. Well, they can't even hold on the ball when it gets in their hands at first, even from mm. it. They just drop it. So uh, that's a problem for Grammar. And you got a, a defense over there, the headhunters. They're going to come get them. FAMU gets enough to get going. They're going to feel the intensity of that crowd. And they're going to be able to put a couple of points on the board. And the defense will take care of them not. And then they were looking past this in a lot of ways with Valley. Credit to Valley. They got it done. Don't, yeah. I don't want any of the phone calls. Y'all know I love some Valley. I'm not like Mike Washington that says, Valley, Valley, who Valley? No, I think Valley the real deal with Danzig. But besides that, they're going to get a wake-up call. And so they're going to come in really focused for Grambling. Fam, you gets it done. And first half, yeah, it's close. They pulled away, and it's not even close in the second half. Yeah, I would say I'd give it maybe 5 10% at best. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get the, the the whole history of, you know, Grambling can upset anyone any day. But ha- that – I mean, Noah Bowden has not seen a defense like he's going to see this weekend. Let's just be completely honest. And, I mean, I think FAMU's defense is going to give him fits all day. I wouldn't be surprised if they got some defensive touchdowns even. I think Land's going to have a big day. I don't think that offensive line is particularly strong. And I really do think that this offense right now for FAMU is clicking on the running on the running side of things. Bishop Bonnet has been a stud in the past few weeks. So I think FAMU really makes a statement this weekend, and I cannot see them choking away against, you know, Grambling, especially in homecoming. And that crowd, listen, Scotty, you Ooh. saw it when they played Alabama State. They were hyped and they packed it out. I can only imagine what's going to show up this weekend. I think this is going to be right up there with one of the best crowds we've seen in the SWAC. I got FAMU big this weekend over Grambling. Uh, Scotty, they have a DJ for the student section at a football game. <laughs> I knew I should have went. I knew I should have went the whole. I, listen, I'm next year I'm going. I'm listening. For all the you Brallas, I'm coming next year. I'm coming. I'm, I'm rolling down there. For me, I'm I'm actually on. I'm not. I'm, I'm actually like a thirty percent chance. You know because, I, because fam, you have y'all seen their quarterback? Rashawn McKay can keep anybody in the game. Okay, that's just, listen. Rashawn McKay can keep anybody in the game, and. You're absolutely right. Bishop Bonnet is a monster. Terrell Jenkins is a monster. That defense is outstanding. You're ap- I'm not putting any faith in Grambling to just drive up and down on FAMU, but I do put trust in McKay doing something bad to give them a short field and Grambling scoring off of that. And I don't have this. I don't have FAMU doing what they're supposed to do, which is blow this team out. I had this game being close, which then in turns hurts their playoff push because of the fact they didn't win in style. So McKay is the problem. If, if they had anybody other than McKay, I'd be like 0% chance. But when you got McKay, 
I might push it up to 47% while you're playing because it just I don't I, I just can't trust them. I just can't. But I trust the Bishop Bonnet. If they if they give the ball, if Bonnet touches the ball 15 to 20 times, this game is over. This game is over. So that's that's my thing. Oh man. Sean McKay. Jackson State Valley. I'm actually really excited about this game. I really am. And what does Valley need to do to make this game competitive? Go ahead, Blue. Pop it off. Um, I hope, I hope, I guess Dion, you know, gets another player sick and he can't come with the team. Like maybe James Houston's got to miss. Maybe you know, you know, Cordis Miller, Niles Gaddy, Nugget. I mean, you got to hope that something hits the team. That they get that Michael Jordan pizza before the flu game and they can't go. Like that's. That's really what they need. I, I I really don't think Mississippi Valley State has a chance. If they're going to, they got to run the ball. And you have and you haven't seen anyone really run the ball efficiently on Jackson State in a long time. And with Valley's quarterback issues, if they got to put it up in the air 20, 30 times to win this game, it's going to be it's going to be ugly. They're going to have to run for no less than 150 this weekend. And I think they might even have to get closer to 200 on the ground combined between all those running backs. They have to have a huge game on the ground, but I just, I just can't see them. I don't to beat Jackson state. You have to be elite on offense and that's not Valley. So I think that's going to be their biggest setback. Nothing. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, hey, we do have to talk on the show, right? So let's make it interesting. Uh, and I hate to say this because people are going to be like, man, what you talking about, Dr. Field? There is a serious issue that you have with Jackson State. Scott, I think you talked about that offensive line in Jackson State right now is, is horrible. I mean, they're mm-hmm. losing players. They're not playing very well. And so you always have the concern, as tough as Valley's defense is, and you saw it last, they will hit you. Yeah, yeah, they will. Um, and – Shador has been uh, hit a couple of times and banged up uh, because of that offensive line that's played so weak. So the one thing that Jackson can't afford to happen is uh, the old injury happen. You know, and I I don't want to even go there because Shador has been playing so well. But, I mean, you ask the question. That's the only thing that can happen in this matchup because Valley will play hard and they will hit you in the mouth. So if you come in there playing, which Jackson Stott is not going to do because they have heard it all week, it's a rivalry, so they're going to come in and push. But that offense has to figure out a way to get off the ball and push and hit somebody in the mouth and not just let everybody come by there and do the old late. Come on, oh, sorry, look at a block. (laughs) (laughs) Helping number two off the ground. Uh, Doc, Doc, I'm on on the same bandwagon as you. I'm giving it a a puncher's chance. Like, And when I mean a puncher's chance is like you need to land something – Fast, hard, and quick, um, like straight first or second round. So, my thing with Valley is you can't play scared. You need to take you need to take that fourth and one mentality and come out of with the first quarter. And you have to bring the house. It has to just you just gotta say, listen, we're we're playing with house money. Nobody expects us. Nobody expects us to even win this game. We're going to bring the house. And the way that JSU offense is clicking in in the air, you can't give Shador any time. You just can't. I would live with them running for 200 yards on me today. You know, 100, 125. Then you throwing it. I mean, I mean, God, dog. And Bethune, it looked like it, it looked like the Daytona Highway to the to the end zone. I mean, they just out here just streaking wide open. 100 yards here, 100 yards there. I mean, you gave you gave Shadour a draft grade. He a freshman. You know what I'm saying? So it it just 
I, I just got to I, I want Dolly to come in with the right mindset to not sit back and, and, and take the punches, but to come out and punch. Uh, once again, you're not supposed to win this game. So if you get blown out, you get blown out. If, you, if the game is close, the game is close. You lose, you're supposed to lose. So there's it, it, no winning for in, in, in any narrative. So, yeah, you got a point. Jackson State wide receivers the last other week looked like North Carolina A&T's 4 by 100 uh, track team. Just Talk about it. it. Talk about it. They finally just they finally decided to let Malachi Wapen play. I've been the you can go check the episode that I made when he committed. I said this guy has the highest ceiling of any wide mm. receiver on that team, and they finally let him get loose. Well, I mean, when you're six five and run like a four four, who can hang with you? Facts. Not many people. He was gonna dominate the SEC. So the fact that he's doing this now, man, is crazy. That's what's up. Last but not least, game of the week. All right, Alcorn State at Southern. Now, the only reason it's the game of the week to me is because it's a rivalry, and we've, see, we've seen this matchup numerous of times in the SWAC championship. But what I will ask you guys is, will the powerhouse, all right, Southern, show up and make this a game? All right, uh, Doc, you can pop it off. I thought they would because it's a rivalry, and a lot of those players have not seen a win against Southern. I mean, against Alcorn, so I figured that they were going to be uh, ready to go. But I'm hearing – some conversation out there that the coach was told, you know, this week or something that he may not be back. And so if that leaks out, um, you're going to have some deflated players. So to me, that's the question. Is that in-house or has that start to get out there a little bit? Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm going to call the upset. This is the first one that people gonna call upset. Southern oh. is going to come in there. Coach is going to get them ready to play. And we're going to put dirt on the Southern Jaguars a little too early. And they're gonna shock the world this weekend. Shock the world. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, I mean, this is our this is our game of the week on our channel too. But I mean, just the one thing that I'm looking for is one: can Southern get healthy, man? They're missing like everybody on that defense, and they're missing some offensive pieces. I mean, you've got to get a Jordan Lewis back. You've got to get some of those secondary players back, and that's gonna be one of the things I'm waiting to see happen. And then two. Can Alcorn keep improving that offensive line play slowly but surely? Because if they revert back to how they played against UAB in the first half, it's definitely upset alert because Southern has the type of defensive line that can get after you if you're not playing 100% on the offensive line. For me, I don't expect this to be you know another replicate of PV because I thought PV was so balanced on the offensive side of the ball. And that offensive line, everyone talks about all these other offensive lines in the SWAC. PV is the number one offensive line right now in the SWAC, allowing the least amount of sacks. They have the second best rushing attack. All of this stuff, and everyone was just ignored it. So for me, I think Southern's going to play much better. I also want to see where their heads are at. You're pretty much out of the SWAC championship race now. So what are you playing for? How motivated do you come out? Are you upset minded? That's going to be something to watch as as these teams match up this weekend. Yeah, you're. I, I like I like where you're going with that blue. Are you? I, I, are you trying to be the villain? Are you trying to play villain? Let's play villain then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's just, let's just start knocking Batman's down. You know what I'm saying? You got to have some some type of energy going to the season. Listen, my my thing is this, and it, and I'm gonna say this with Southern. I'm gonna say something about PB for for Southern. You got to get Ladarius Skelton involved way more. I I don't care if it's at. I don't care where you if. 
first of all, if you're putting a quarterback at kickoff return, he's dynamic. Okay, can we just say that? The boy's dynamic. So you need to get him. You can't call him Taysom Hill, and then you only put him in certain packages. He needs to be running back. Him and Kobe Dillon need to be on the field at the same time. He needs to be a slot receiver. Guy, I'll put him at the X for all I care. You know, put him at safety. Man, we do this thing like Coach Boone and remember the Titans. Skeleton, you're going both ways. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just, you just got to do something. You got to find any possible way to make an impact for your team, and you got to do that. For PV, it's simple. Be balanced. Give the ball to number six. Uh, all those stable of backs you have, and, and let number one eat. Dumas, oh, my that boy different. That boy 5'10, 5'11, killing the front like that. That boy different. Let him eat and y'all and y'all and it, it should be a good game. I, I really I think you if I'm Southern, you, you gotta go out and want this game because you know you're not gonna see him in the championship like you used to. So this is the opportunity to, to play spoiler for them going to the SWAC championship. Oh, you gotta you gotta want this game. Got to. All right, moving on. To the mid-season awards. All right, here we go. Here we go, all right? First up, Newcomer of the Year. All right, and I got smashes in here. And uh, so I'm going to put you guys' uh, everybody's stuff up, and then you can talk about why you picked the person you picked, all right? Newcomer of the Year Award. All right, Blue got Kamari Everett. I picked Bishop Bonnet. Smash picked Santee Marshall. And Dr. Cavill went with Jawan Pass. Uh, I'm going to pop this one off first. Listen, Bishop Bonnet is everything for fam. He is how you would look at Shador and Jawan for their teams is what Bishop Bonnet is for FAMU for me and him coming into the swag, doing what he's doing, being the leader in rushing. Uh, I, I had to go with, I, I feel like I had to go with Bishop Bonnet on this one. All right. Who's next? I went with Jawan pass, but I must admit I paused on Bishop Bonnet as well. He was one of my top ones. I was going back and forth, but I just like the total offense of what, Juwan Pass has done. And what I really like about it is his efficiency. It's so far up there, and so people are just looking at the numbers. His third down efficiency on his team is really what allows his team to hump. Um, and it allows them to stick to the run, which we've talked about in this league is so important. So even when they get down behind the chains and they have to pick up a third and seven, a third and 11 or 12, he's still able to get it in – it's because people just don't realize his ability to scramble, but he doesn't scramble to run. He scrambles Scramble to pass, pass, which throws everybody off, and he's able to nip and chunk and just take up yardage. And then his deep ball accuracy is just ridiculous. So his total yards of two, 2033, um, you know, sneaking in a little bit of run, but doing it mostly in the air is why I went with Jawan Pass. What you got, Blue? Oh man, listen. Uh you have to go for for me. This this was the easiest one for me. Kamari Everett to do what he did on the team he played on is ridiculous. He's third in the SWAC and catches, leads the SWAC in receiving yards, is second in touchdowns, and fourth in yards per game on a team with no quarterback. <laughs> How is that even possible? How is that even possible? He, like the quarterbacks are atrocious and he is leading like he he is taking the 0 and 8 team and put them in multiple games if you took Kamari Everett off that squad they wouldn't have been within 30 in any game this year that yo blue that's yo that's probably the realest thing you've ever said bro I, I mean, yeah that, that, that was he, cool. He got me on he's that. doing it. He's doing it at an elite level. Like I, I don't care what anyone says. Everyone says like, oh, this person should have it. 
Kamari Everett has been the best player on his team every single week. And so for me, I, I think it has to be Kamari Everett here. That's what's that. Hey, listen, you 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 better go. You better get listen. If you was a debater, you was a lawyer, I would be like, ah, that's a reasonable doubt right there. That's a reasonable doubt. All right. Next up, coach of the year award. All right. Uh banner going up. Blue has Eric Dooley. I have Eric Dooley. Uh, Smash put Vincent Dancy and uh, Dr. Ville put Eric Dooley. Hey, Blue, you can pop it off. Listen, uh, th there's there's no debate. Everyone, like th like you saw, like when you got the number one FCS recruiting class, like that that is what it is. And and Dion's a close second. But you look at what Eric Dooley's done with PV. They were predicted fourth in their division. They had zero first team All Americans. Only one total All American. They were two and one in the spring. They they get beat by UAPB and they only beat Texas Southern and Grambling by like a combined eight points. And then you turn around and you're sitting here at undefeated in the SWAC. You're really one win away from making the SWAC championship. There is literally no debate for me. Eric Dooley deserves this award for what he's done at PV. And the whole the whole storyline all year was PV is going to PV it up again. PV is going <laughs> to choke here. PV is going to choke there. And week in and week out, they have put on a performance. They're the only team in the SWAC right now that has a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards passing, and they have a top three defense. You you got to go a Dooley here, especially if he gets to the SWAC championship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going back and forth, much like yourself with Coach Prime. Uh, uh, a lot of people had their doubts in terms of what would Jackson State look like, but everybody had doubts on Eric Dooley. Even Texas Southern Tigers thought they were going to get their first win. Nope. Pine Bluff was just rolling around, and they got beat up, and everybody's like, well, they're going to get well against Prairie View and Prairie View and Prairie View. Nope. Uh, and Grambling, they say, well, Grambling is not that bad. They got a defense. He went down State Fair Classic, checks that box off, buries them. Then he said, all right, we got you. We know what's going to happen now. He's going to Southern to the bluff, homecoming, no way, no chance. He checks that box, beats him to death. And so I have to go with Eric Dooley. Uh, not only is he getting it done, he's getting it done in such a stylish way. And I really mean stylish. He is the best dressed coach out here. So oh, man. in terms of his style and what the style on the field, I'm giving double double down. I'm going with Eric Dooley. Give him double the points. Give him double the points. Uh, man, listen, uh, you got to go with Eric Dooley. And everything you said, Blue, everything you said, Doc, is simple. And I'm going to just wrap it up in a bow. Everybody expected Coach Prom to have what Coach Prom has because of you. When you have the number one FCS, there the only expectation is for you to be the best team in the swag. There's no if and buts about it. Um, I'm not going to say his recruiting and his coaching staff did not help, but if we want to talk about nit and picking of coaching, coach of the year is the fact that nobody has come close to. I mean, when PV steps on the field. They offensively, they're the best team, and usually defensively, they're the best team. Now, a lot of people say they haven't played anybody. That's that that could be the case, but they make it look good. Whenever they step <laughs> off the field, they make it look good. And you can't tell me that anybody had the expectations for PV of what they're doing right now before the end of the season. And if you just take that mindset and you walk into this, and you walk into the you walk into the awards and you're saying, who did I expect to be coach of the year? Nobody would have said Eric Dooley. Everybody would have said Coach Prime. So that factor alone lets me know of how good of a job you're doing as a coach. That's just me. It, 
and, and that and that's and that's why listen it, this and I see the comments this isn't a greatest coach award that's why Nick Saban doesn't win the SEC coach of the year every <laughs> single year that's, that's why right. Lincoln Riley doesn't win the coach of the year every single year in the Big 12 or Mario Cristobal or Dabo Sweeney it is literally just to this point in the season there is not a single person outside of Prairie View's campus who thought they'd be undefeated in the SWAC right now. And if you say you did, you're a liar. And I, I know I can't trust you because I know you didn't pick them to be undefeated on October 27th. Blue, I want to add one more. As you said, you talking about recruiting. He did his best case recruiting. It looks like with Jawan Pass. He just needed that yep. one more piece, and he landed. Yeah, yeah, and he looks good. Freshman of the Year Award. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Wish I had like some some like eerie music because you know everybody not gonna <laughs> you know they're like oh it better be you know blue guy blue has Malachi I have Shador Smash picked Kobe Dillon Doctor Cavill went with Shador as well I will pop mine off because everybody knows I wasn't a Shador fan. Listen, the man's the best freshman. Period. I mean, this is to me. There's not. There's no without Shador Jackson State is irrelevant. Okay, because what I'm saying to you is is that. That offensive line has been so bad at points. He makes it look magical. And I and and literally he probably has the play of the year, stiff arming the D into the ground, stepping out of his grasp, throwing it and getting a touchdown. My man, that's a that's a freshman of the year moment. That you know, like a Heisman moment. That's the freshman of the year moment. I picked Shadur. What you got, Doc? That's the exact reason why I gave it to him. That play <laughs> alone made me say, Oh, yep, freshman of the year. We can close the book. Uh, y'all can talk about everything else you want for me, Shador. I'm going to leave it just like that. It was that simple. Anytime you take a guy, he running off of you, you sling him down like you a linebacker. He's laying down there looking up, talking about what just happened. He threw six on you. And you had him. Had him. <laughs> What's, up? What's up, Blue? Yeah, so for, for me, everyone's saying I'm an idiot. I asked somebody, and apparently you can't win more than one award for the SWAC. So – he couldn't, like, you can't win Defensive Player of the Year and Newcomer of the Year. So why don't y'all chill chill out in the comments because y'all don't know nothing about that. That's why Malachi <laughs> Wadman is the freshman of the year because Malachi Wadman right now is the best receiver in the SWAC right this second. And he has been for three weeks now. He In three weeks, he's only played three weeks of football. He's tied second in the SWAC with six touchdowns. Already, and so I think down the road they have they have the huge stage against Southern. They have the huge stage against Alcorn. I'm a, I think Malachi Wildman by the end of the year is going to win the Freshman of the Year award because I have Shador picked for another award and he can't win both. So that's why I don't have Shador here. See, they don't even know Blue. See, they try to jump they on don't. you. They try to jump on you. They don't even know. You know, can, what they, saying? can they can they get the swag bylaws? Just read the bylaws. It's, it's written down. I'm Just telling read. you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We, even, we don't even got the swag hours. Listen, I ain't gonna lie to you. I had to reach out to BJ Jones. I reached out to BJ. I was like, BJ, can I get two awards? Uh, he said, the, No, the, I saw. The, like I've seen someone in the I've seen someone in the comments yell James Houston every three awards. He's like, he don't even play offense. So how are you yelling James Houston right now? Like, come on, man. This is crazy. Oh man. All right. DP oh, cheating on the exam, man. Hey man, I was like, I was like, hey blue. I was like, I like, I like that. I was like hey, BJ, can I do two? He said, nah, I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, DPOY, let's get it popping. Jay Blue, James Houston. Me, James Houston. Smash James, uh J Jason Dumas and Dr. Cavill with the with the ringer, Isaiah Land. Uh go ahead, Doc. Tell us what tell us why I land. I like I like Land. He just he's getting it done, you know, with 
solo tackles for loss. Um, when you talk about the sacks and things that he's doing, when you look at combined stuff that he's able to do on one of the best defenses, and they have several players, but he's the one that has stand out to me the most. I mean, he may not be the pro prospect that the other guy uh, we talk about so much, but I like what Isaiah Land has done, especially linebacker position. They don't get enough love in this league. Usually it's defensive front, defensive end, or a cornerback, sometimes a safety. But in this case, I'm going with the linebacker that just likes to eat. I, I'm a, You know what, Doc? I'm, I'm going to have to pull one of your moves. I went back and forth with this one. I really – it was land in Houston, land in Houston, and the I can see it. And the reason I, I was leaning towards land because he does more with less. And what I mean by that is, is that the scheme that he runs does not help him as much as it does Houston. Houston gets a lot of free plays based off just how how they blitz. How I mean, you it's miscommunication on the line. Uh, but he is still a dominant factor whenever he gets blocked. And for me. Is just the way he plays the game with the reckless abandonment that I just absolutely love. And if you go into a game against Jackson State, the first rule is if you don't block 41, you're going to lose. That's just – it just is what it is. And for me, that stood out a little bit more than Isaiah Land, so that's why I had to go with that, that Houston. That Houston. Yeah. Houston, we have yeah, a- I mean, that – that's that's why I went with with Houston is because one he has more hype than Land and the, and all these postseason wars are hype awards so you have to have the social media back and you have to have the hype around it and also as great as Land is and he leads the swack and sacks uh, James Houston's a game changer like you have to like if like 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 like, like Script said if you don't game plan strictly for James Houston all week you're getting beat. Yeah. And he's gonna he's gonna eat you alive. And also, too, I feel like James Houston, he's second in swags, first in force fumbles, second in tackle for loss. A lot of those stats for land are, are just one game. They had five sacks against South Carolina State. So I feel like consistently James Houston's been a better player. And I feel like offensive and defensive player awards always go to the best play, the best player on that side of the ball on the best team. And right now, Jackson State's the best team, so it has to go to James Houston. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Coming on down, bringing it on down. Last one. O-P-O-Y. You know, they listen, they say defense wins championship, but they say offense put butts in seats. All right. So blue goes with Shador. I go with that man of kill glass. Uh, Smash goes with Shador. Dr. Cavill goes with a kill glass. It's a 50 50 split. I love it. Uh, I'm going to go first. Listen, a kill glass is leading every stat. Nope, he's tied. He's tied with touchdowns, I believe. But he's leading every other stat other than than QBR. All right. And everybody wants to go to the Shador efficiency and, oh my God, he has 70%. Oh my God. I don't care about all that. All right, a kill glass, and I tell you guys every week, he has to be the best player for Alabama AM for them to even be in games. It's just that simple for me. And he still does what he does, he still puts up the stats he does. I have to go with a kill glass. It's just it's just that simple for me. Uh, what you got, Blue? Yeah, so all the people talking smack in the chat, this is why Shador wasn't the freshman of the year because he won the bigger award. So go delete y'all's messages real quick. But anyway. <laughs> Shador Shador Sanders, for me, man, has been the only reason Jackson State is in the position they are. He's doing it with arguably a bottom, I would say a bottom three offensive line in the SWAC right now. Their offensive line is atrocious. 
I mean, it's one of the worst I've seen. With the size that they have, they can't block a soul. They've lost every line of scrimmage battle this season in every single game except for Alabama A&M, and they don't have a, a person that could challenge anybody. But that's a whole other conversation. And then two, he's second in passing yards, first in completion percentage, tied for first for touchdowns, first in passing efficiency. And other than Andrew Body, who didn't start the, fir- the, the first few games of the season, he only has one pick, and Body has zero right now, or, or some quarterback has zero right now who hasn't played all season. So for me, Shador's been consistently good. He's younger, and I think he just ha- he's had to come into his own. And for Akil, he hasn't played well in the biggest games that he had to step up in. He played atrociously against Grambling. He had it, it wasn't his fault. He played atrociously against uh, Jackson State, and he played atrocious against FAMU down the stretch. So for me, Shador Sanders has put together the best resume in the country. I mean, in the SWAC. So for me, it has to be Shador Sanders here. Blue, let me ask you a question. You ready? Yeah. I'm going to double down on your Jackson State offensive line. Have you seen the Alabama A&M entire defense? It's bad. It's bad. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Scotty, have you seen Alabama A&M's defense? Oh, you know I see them. They like Casper. Just walk right through them. It's nothing. It's nothing. So the only reason that Alabama A&M has won any game is because of Kill Glass. Yeah, they got a little bit of a running game, but this man has to take hits after day, gets up, and if they're going to win the game, it's a shootout. It's a kill glass. You said all the stats. I only have to talk about that again, so I'm not even talking about that. But anytime that you have a question about somebody's defense the way they do, then you have to give a lot of credit to the quarterback, the fact that they're getting it done and even made it close in those games that they lost other than Jackson State. Because and let's go and let's dig, just, just a little deeper because you know just a little deeper. You win a game seven six. <laughs> you, you win a game seven six. <laughs> you lose a game seven twelve. You know, like what you 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 win a game seventeen to twenty two with Delta State. Like every game Glass has played in, they've scored over 24 points other than Jackson State. And we can say if you just had any, if you had half of Jackson State's defense, just half, right? you would win most of your games because you're outscoring teams. You know what I'm saying? So you're, I think he averages the passing yards like 300, 300 some yards of passing yards. I think he's the highest average of that. But it's just, it's just simply like when you score a certain amount of points in a football game, you're supposed to win the game. And if I go into a game and you win, you I'm scoring 31, I'm averaging 30 points a game, and I still can't win? <laughs> I mean, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, because if, if we're being honest, the first couple games of the season for Jackson State, if they didn't have that defense, they lose all those games because the offense wasn't doing anything. You see what I'm right. saying? So the offense gave that – the defense gave that offense time to get right, and now you're seeing it in its full – I mean, he didn't open the clutch up, and, I mean, he just revving on that thing. But before, man, that boy was in first gear. They were just trying to get up the hill. So, And, and I think you get some points for that when you talk about Shadour, and that's why I said, you know, freshman of the year, because he's, he's shown his maturation Yeah. Uh, in terms of that. He didn't play as well at the beginning. He didn't play ugly or bad, but he didn't play as well as he's playing now. Now, credit to him because his offensive line is not really helping him, whether it's the beginning of the season or now, gotcha. um, and they need some help. But Akil Glass 
in terms of putting out total yards and touchdowns, he's been consistent over the year against a team that has not been consistent. Facts. Big facts. All right, guys, listen, the call lines are open. You can call in 516-259-9041, 516-259-9041. And also, real quick, you can catch uh, Dr. Cavill on his YouTube at Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, all right? You can definitely check him out. Go over there, subscribe, make sure you do that. Once again, call lines are open, 516-259-9041. I know you guys want to ask Dr. Cavill some questions, so – Please direct all questions to Dr. Gaville. He is, he is in the building, all right? He is in the building. All right, first call is up. Hey, Ryan, you live. Talk to us. Hello? Ryan. Oh, guess he fell off. All right. Hey, Ryan, make sure you call back. Hey, caller, you live. Talk to me. Okay, maybe it's me. Let me uh, close out and open this thing back up. All right, guys, I'm going to close it out, and I'm going to open it back up because I think my, my stuff is acting up. Uh-oh. Let's see what I got here. Here we go. There are four participants in the conference. All right, now we're cooking with Greece. Hey, Q, hey, Q you live. Hey, Scott A, can you hear me? Yes, sir. I'm a good. Hey, bro, you made it. You got Dr. Bill on the joint, man. <laughs> I told you. you. How's it going, Doc? What's I'm up, doing Doc? well. How's it going? How's it going? Nah, hey, appreciate it. Hey, um, hey appreciate everything you've done for Prayer View, not only uh, for Prayer, and also the SWAT conference as well, you know. Um, that means a lot. You know, mother, mother, wife, uh, two cousins, and an aunt uh, graduated from Prairie View. My scholarship took me to SFA. So, I mean, I really appreciate what you've done. Uh, so, don't hold that against me. I'm pretty sure you're uh, in the comment section will. Um, no, you're good. As long as you're showing love for Prairie View and the swag, you good. You got to go where the money is. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, cool. Well, like, long, as long as ain't nobody swag tripping that in here, you know. Let's, let's, <laughs> nah. Hey, but appreciate it, brother. Hey. Um, I did have a, have a question going back to conference green line. It's a hot topic. Hot topic. Um, let's talk about the aftermath. I know uh, one there was a rumor that in the, let's see about the two two thousands or so uh, that the SWAC uh, was trying to get into the uh, the Atlanta market. Um, I think it was uh, the rumor was there was courting Morris Brown prior to them losing their accreditation of going D one. And then um, uh, that fell through. Uh, and right. so, if, if the if there was a um, conference realignment or expansion of the SWAC, uh, let's see what what would uh, would well two part question: Would a, a Atlanta be a, a area, or Georgia, the state of Georgia, would be something that they're uh, interested uh, in hypothetically and the two uh, options uh, would be i guess morehouse and clark atlanta morehouse is a little bit more tricky because me in the middle school and title nine uh, uh i guess only only other option maybe uh doing a uh, uh a i guess combine the 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 monetary uh, athletic program with spellman uh to meet title nine compliance but i don't think that's going to happen i appreciate the call q yeah, I agree with it. Uh, 
Uh, go ahead, Ash. Go ahead, Doc. Yeah, I, I have long thought that uh, going into the Atlantic was a huge decision for the SWAC, that they needed to do it. And you're absolutely right that you've done your homework, that there was a chance where they looked at Morris Brown. Ali is no, if you want to go back in history, they actually got the votes from the athletic directors. Mm. They would have had the votes from the presidents, but when they had to make the financial fee, they couldn't quite do it. So the presidents hesitated. And before you knew it, it fell apart. Um, but the school that I would say that you want to look at is the opposite on your side. It's Clark Atlanta University. Mm. Um, you want to get in that Atlanta market. And so if you come in, you bring two in, it's Tennessee State and Clark Atlanta University. I'm not sure if Tennessee State will come unless the OVC literally falls apart as it is. So who knows? And then you go after Clark Atlanta University. So you have two private schools to partner with Bruno Cookman. You get in the Atlanta market and you book in the conference Ooh. between Houston and Atlanta. Uh, you'll make all the money in terms of the sponsors you get it done. Um, and it's just the way that I see it also quietly is kept. When you look at the Carnegie classification academics, and most people don't look at it like this, even though the presidents do and the chancellors do, mm -hmm. uh, you're talking about a, doc a doctoral measured institution. That's Clark Atlanta University. So they bring a lot to the table, even though you hadn't seen them win lately. But they get in the swag, that'll change it in terms of recruiting. They will talk in it. That Clark, I mean, that, that Atlanta market would be nice. I ain't even gonna lie to you. All right, next caller. Hey, Ryan, you live with us. Hey. Scotty, you can hear me? Yes, sir. How y'all doing, man? Good, good, good. How about yourself? Can't complain. Hey, look, I just wanted to talk about um attendance for a minute. I had seen um Dion had posted about um the average attendance for Jackson State. I think it was like it was ahead of like Cincinnati and Missouri. Um, my question, I see a lot, a lot of backlash about that because I, I think a, pe a lot of people talking about the capacity. You know, Jackson State Stadium holds sixty thousand. Cincinnati State, I mean Cincinnati holds thirty thousand. Um, I was, I was trying like, what's, what was the problem with with that post they had made? Hey, appreciate the call, Ryan. All right. All right. Go ahead, Blue. I know you. I know you. I know you chopping at the bit, Blue. Go ahead. <laughs> Man, the only thing that rubbed me the wrong way about that post, I had no problem with any school on that list other than Cincinnati because all the other schools weren't selling out. So it was a fair comparison because Jackson State was outselling them and getting people in the seats. But Cincinnati's averaging a sellout this year. So they are going to capacity week in and week out. And y'all are acting like, oh, man, we just bring more people. It's like, literally, can't. They have a hundred percent capacity, and y'all are selling out at like fifty-seven percent. Talking like talking crazy. <laughs> yeah, just like what you want them to do. Stand yeah, on like top what of you want Cincinnati to do? Add bleachers in the middle of the game. <laughs> like, and that—that's the only reason I had a problem is because of as because of the snarky comment by Tiger Talk Two, where it was like num men lie, women lie. I was like y'all's numbers are lying too. Like, it's just every other team on there was valid because they weren't averaging the sellout. But to say, like, oh, Cincinnati, because they don't have a bigger stadium than us, we're better than them. It's like, bro, like, just chill out. Like, the, the thing that gets me is Jackson State has so many great things going that you can talk about. And then you're still trying to kind of, like, you know, use statistics and ain't telling the whole story to even make it better. And it's like, you don't have to do that. But that, that's that's my perspective. People don't agree, and I really don't care because I know it's a fact that Cincinnati's averaging a sellout, but it's fine. 
You got anything on that, Doc? No, I like the way he said it. It's like, yeah, it's like, what do you want him to do? Uh, put people on the field? Literally <laughs> during the middle of the game? <laughs> oh, man, let's get another call. I mean, well, we, we understand that, you know, math is hard to a lot of folks. So <laughs> Let's get another call in here. Hey, Carla, oh, hey, call you live. Turn your background down. Hey, how's it going, fellas? What's good? What's your name? Where you calling from? Uh, Calvin calling from Arizona. All right, talk to me. Hey, how come y'all didn't do a should have stayed at home midseason awards? Ooh. <laughs> That's all I can get. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh I like that one. I like that, Calvin. Oh, that would have been a good one. I would have got lit on that, Jay. I didn't <laughs> Hey, hey, that's- hey, I'm going. <laughs> what y'all got to say? I'm going. Now. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it real quick. I should have stayed at home awards. You know who I'm going to pop it off at quarterback? Oh, Rashad McKay. Rashad, I'm sorry. Rashad, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not. He's not that bad. Um, It would have to be for me, should have stayed at home awards. Probably have to be um, uh, Bethune Cookman. Their situation at quarterback, you don't know who's going to play. Delvin, I think it's Delvin Davis, is that or Delvin Black or something like that? Then Shannon Patrick, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, let me see, defensive player that should stay at home. Defensive player that should stay. I can do a unit. I can do a unit. Oh, Alabama and up. <laughs> no, I, oh, I, oh, that was that's too easy. How about UAPB? You had one of the best secondaries yeah. in the spring, and now you've given up like three fifty a game. So I'm going with UAPB's defense as well. A and Alabama A and M and UAPB's defense they they get they get the award. We can cut it. We can cut it in half. One of them gets the one yeah. of them gets each half of it, and then the offense. <laughs> you got to go with Ryan Nettles. I, I Ooh, love I, I love Ryan Nettles. Listen. I love Ryan Nettles, but for me, I thought I was expecting so much more from him. He showed so much promise his freshman year, and yeah. to lose his job and play like he did this season was a big disappointment for me because I thought if he if he took that step, and I'm not talking about a leap, I'm just talking about take a half a step from where he was in the spring. For me, Alabama State would be right there, you know, in that in that I guess divisional race with FAMU and Jackson State, but he took like a large step down. And so for me, I think Ryan Nettles for me was the biggest disappointment on the offensive side of the ball. You got anything, Doc? Well, the biggest thing I'm talking about is, is Arkansas Pine Bluff when you look at the defensive side of it. And yeah. I'm going to go similar like I said, A&M. Uh, if there is a worse defense than Alabama A&M, you might have to say Pine Bluff, the Golden Lions. Yeah, I was looking at offense in terms of quarterback. So I was trying to be nice to Pine Bluff mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but uh, let's pick on them. Arkansas Pine Bluff, they'll get a chance to wake up this weekend. If not, it's going to be a long rest of the season. They might not find another conference win. I think uh, in the last but not least for me, the coach I gotta the coach I gotta leave at the house is Donald. I'm I'm sorry, bro. Like now I know I, I gotta leave you at the house, bro. Like listen, bond bonds, kick it up, feet, feet up, just relax. just relax. Gotta leave you at the house because. That that defense to me could get you a couple wins. I I, I don't I don't know and, and I'm not talking about the and, and let's talk about the Jackson State game. You're seven seven at the half. You have the ball on the midfield with a minute and thirty seconds left, and you don't take a shot. Stay at the house. Stay. Oh no 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 no. Stay at the house. Don't need you. Don't need you. If you're making calls like that, stay at the house, my boy. 
All right, let me get another caller on here real quick. Uh, let me see yeah, he got. was the one saying, you know, take the shoe with you. I was like, man, he, he thought he was going to come in there ready to talk some more. <laughs> come on, you got to you gotta be more aggressive than that. You over here talking mess. You know what I'm saying? Hey, calling you live. Talk to me. Where your, where your name? Where you come from? Yeah, uh, Dwayne. Damn you. Oh, God. What's up, Dwayne? <laughs> Mr. Dwayne. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the show, Dr. Gavell. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Enjoy your intake. Watch the show every week. Oh, I appreciate uh, you. Yeah. Appreciate you. So, can we just go ahead and admit that the crap that happened in the spring was just that crap? You know, I mean, the big boys came home, and none of those teams are really doing what they did in the spring. Is there a question on here? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, he, man, Mr. Wayne, Mr. Dwayne said the Rattlers came in and just wiped everybody out. He, he just... <laughs> yeah. So, 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 right quick, because you know I was going to ask about the playoffs. So, Dr. Camille, the possibility from your perspective, I know what uh, uh, off scripts uh, Scotty and Blue already think, but from your perspective. The uh, Rattlers making the playoffs. Thank you for the call, Dwayne. And go listen to me. <laughs> go listen to his answer. <laughs> and, enjoy the show, hey, guys. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> yeah, if FAMU wins out, they'll, they'll get a serious consideration and chance to make the tournament. And this is why. Uh, because not only are they lobbying loud, you know, if, about if they can get it done, they're also having backdoor channels in terms of talking to um, the NCAA officials that, you know, we want to be included. And so this could get ugly. So I think if they do their part, they will get serious considerations. And I think the other teams are starting to beat them up. I think the one thing that people may not be looking at is that you have these conferences that are split up. And so their records are not as good as they usually are because they play more non-conference games. So instead of Southland getting the two or three they get, uh, OVC maybe sneaking into the Sun Atlantic, now you're splitting up those bids. So there's a room that you might get a chance to be able to have a team like FAMU uh, get in in terms of if they're able to run the table. Dwayne. Get your style points up, my boy. Get your, get your style. Listen, you're not making it no easier. Winning. That's true. They got to do better than, Come on, know, man. Than, than making it a close call and getting lucky that the guy slipped <laughs> on the one. Come on, man. Get your style yeah, points and, up. And on top of that, man, like, you know, everyone pushed back on the harder scheduling, but now it's coming back to bite y'all. Like, that, that is why you got to stop playing D2 teams. If you want to go to the playoffs, get the D2. Like, I'm looking right here. Jackson State, 101st in strength of schedule. Prairie View, 107. Uh, Alcorn, 109. FAMU has the 111th ranked hardest schedule in the entire FCS right now. 111. That D2 win will hurt them. It, yeah, and on top of that, these are the other teams that right. These are some of the other teams that have at large bids in the Hero Sports prediction. You fight Northern Illinois, the number three ranked strength of schedule, whose only loss is to like North Dakota State. You got Incarnate Word, 39th strength of schedule, who just beat Prairie View, yep. who might be in the SWAC championship, 41 to nine. Smacked them. That's who you're going up against. Missouri State, the fourth ranked strength of schedule. 
Weber State, eighth ranked strength of schedule, plus they just beat the number two team in the country with Eric Berrier, who is the best FCS player in the country right now at quarterback. UC Davis, 55 strength of schedule, plus an FBS win. And Montana, 24th ranked strength of schedule with an FBS win over a top 20 team. Well, maybe not, FAMU. Maybe not. Hey, Doctor Cavill, let me uh, let me ask you what time you got to get up out of here because uh, this call lines are racking up, and I, I don't want to keep you. Uh, I can go to um, probably eight fifteen or so. Okay, so where we at? Oh, oh, oh okay, three, oh, three minutes. All right, cool. Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. I'm gonna take about two more callers. All right, two more callers. If you're a, hey, listen, if you're a uh, member, put your name in the chat so you can, you can skip this line. Hey, Mister Campbell, you lie. Talk to me. Yeah, glad you got me. Okay, first of all, great show. But Blue, I got to get on you. I keep telling you about these apples and oranges. First of all, University of Cincinnati got thirty thousand students. Jackson State got ten thousand. So Jackson State always over index when people come in. And Cincinnati is the number two ranked team in the nation, so they should sell out that state. And they got another fifteen thousand um grad students that come so you can't compare the two bro so yes Dion can't put that on there because it does make a difference so i had to correct that but you my god oh i love you Dr. Phil, hey, you hey, hey, hold on, man. i'm old school i watch the show but i want to ask you a question about a comparison of what i've seen of somebody that's been around with florida and them and what i've kind of seen what do you think about the talent that has now come into the swag that looks pro potential because when i was coming up I, um, I'm from originally from Jackson. I saw those powerhouse Jackson State teams, those powerhouse Grambling teams, and everyone, Alcorn, Dallas, I saw Jerry Rice, and every one of those teams had NFL quality players. Do you see that now coming back with the SWAT now, where each one of these schools you can see a guy, hey, I can see him going to the league, I can see him going to the league. Do you see that kind of building based on what Deion is bringing now, you know, a high tide raise all folks? Yeah, no doubt. I think it was slowly going in that direction with a couple of players here and there. I think the expansion of the conference certainly helped get you in the Florida market. It raises up FAMU, which means it raises up the SWAC. And then the coach prime factor took it to another level. So absolutely, uh, when you talk about all these factors uh, with players taking a double uh, look, and I think one other factor that people are not talking about enough is NIL. It's going to be a change, Macker, just in general. And then when you put that force multiplier on there, no doubt about it, that this is where you're going to start to see a lot more players getting the opportunity to be in the NFL. I appreciate the call. I'm going to make one more statement. I know you. I'm going to... Go ahead. Go ahead. I got one more thing I'm going to jump off. Also, I think what is real I've seen, because I've got a lot of friends who have players playing, sons that are playing D1, the transfer portal. I'm yeah. seeing a lot of kids that are like, you know what? Right. Right. We see you now, and it's not going to hurt me as much. So, hey guys, great show. Just wanted to let put that out there. I appreciate appreciate the call, Miss Campbell. All right, so I'm gonna try to get all you guys, all these fans, all these uh, these members. These are all members, so I'm trying to get these members in real quick. Cool. Go ahead. Hey, go ahead, caller. You live. Talk to me. Hey, caller. You live. Talk to me. Uh, am I? Yeah, yeah. You on? Oh, that's what's up. Hey, man. Scotty, what's up, man? Support from Toronto. Blue Bloods, Dr. Cabell, what's up, man? How you guys doing? Good. What's going on? What's We're on, good. Man? I'm good, man. I'm, I just wanted to call to apologize to all the Prairie View people out there because last time, last time, last time I was on, 
I insulted um, you guys because I was like, I don't know why in Toronto they're still in preview games. But now, you know, it, 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 you guys are doing pretty well. I just wanted to call. I saw that you were on, so I just had to get that, get that off my chest. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate it. Much respect. Hey, that's love. Hey, hey, appreciate the call, my boy. No doubt. No doubt. Take care, guys. I remember. Hey, he said, he said, man, Dr. Cavillo here. I got it. I just got to do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> the right thing. Oh, man. Hey, Carla, you live. Talk to me. What's up, Scott? This is from Jackson, Mississippi. I got a quick question for Doc. Hey, um, with Deion Sanders being the ultimate showman, uh, I really took the fact that he put the attendance up there as a way as a to kind of tell, like, Conference USA and Sunbelt to kind of look at me. Do you think that Jackson State could possibly have a desire to move up to the FBS level? That's why they've they really been pushing attendance lately. Uh, every time a game come up, it's been, you know, we need to fill up the stadium. Hey, I want to see the fans come out. And I think the end game is maybe because they possibly – have some interest and want to move up into one of them comps. I'll sit back and listen to you guys and see what you got to say about it. Hey, appreciate the call, my boy. I don't necessarily know the interest to move up to one of those conferences, but I know for a fact there's interest in many of the SWAC schools, if not the entire SWAC, to move up to the FBS. The first part in terms of Coach Prime, Coach Prime is a marketing genius. He did it strictly for branding and marketing and nothing else. And he does it better than just about anybody in the business. Simple. Yeah. And, and, and on top of that, the CUSA, I, I don't know if that you tuned in earlier, the AAC, all these teams are calling Jackson State. They're calling FAMU. They're going to call these SWAC teams very, very soon. And we talked earlier about if they can get a deal in place where they can give a Jackson State five, you know, three, five years to get all their affairs in order they are definitely going to jump up to the group of five. And I, I think it would be – I've been calling for it since the spring, but we'll see. All right, last caller, last caller for the night. Hey, Keith Younger, you are live. Talk to me. Hello. Yes, sir. Hello. Hey, hello. Yeah, you're you're live. Hey, what's up? What's what? up, Scotty? How you doing, man? What's good? I'm ta- what's good? Okay. I'm hearing a lot of background. Okay. You got to turn your background down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, uh, Anybody attending the Alcorn Jackson State game at the end of the year? Is any of y'all coming to the game? Y'all going to represent? I am. Anyone of y'all coming to the game? I'll be there. I got plans right now. Okay. Okay, so you come to the game. So where can I where can I meet you at? Because I need to meet you. I need to be to talk to you. Uh, I'm I'm where, where you know, listen, I'm, I'm like public enemy number one in Jackson State. So you are public enemy number one. Yes, you are. So you are gonna see about so two bodyguards. You gonna see me because you gonna see two bodyguards on my side. You know what I'm saying? I'm, like, I'm gonna be well, I'm okay. gonna be riding through All the right. Cool. You go. <laughs> we gonna see because. We are the of like this year, and we coming. We coming from everybody. We play to win. We not playing no more. We play to win the game. Hey, I we we're gonna be. We're gonna be all corn, and we're gonna be prayer view for the swag championship. Not so bad. Right. Not so bad. Book it. All right, appreciate the call, my boy. We gonna we gonna. 
All right, Doc, we're going to let you go. Me and Blue. Hey, Blue, if you want to stay with me, we can take a couple more of these callers. Uh, somebody yeah. said they wanted, they wanted to thank you uh, 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 real quick. Let me, so I'm bringing more real quick. He said he wanted to thank you, Dr. Cabell. Oh, no problem. Go ahead. Hey, Please caller, go. keep it short and sweet. I know I said you said you wanted to thank him. Go ahead. I got you. You live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, Dr. Cabell, man. I, uh, this this is Coach Pep. I'm calling you from Kenner, Louisiana. What's going I, on, Coach? I want to thank you for, for the support. And recognition you giving my son up at Langston University. Uh, Man, it's my I know, pleasure. I know Blue don't know nothing about this here, but uh, Langston University do have wins over UIW. So uh, even though it's an NAIA, NAIA school, uh, it, it, even even though I am uh, Alkanite, I, I like to thank you for that. And I would like to ask each and every one of you guys a question. Uh, Say I'm handicapping a football game, uh, and and all three of the teams have one common opponent. What do I handicap them on? The defense or the offense? Hey, and let me give you a prime example. I got Mississippi Valley, and I got Florida A&M, and I got Alcorn. How do I handicap? Say Alcorn is going to go play Florida A&M. Both of them just got through playing Mississippi Valley. What do I handicap that game on? I appreciate the call. Uh, I if I was if I'm a betting man, you gotta stop the run with Alcorn. You just got you gotta I gotta take I gotta take some away from you. I gotta take the run away from you. Uh, uh, yeah. you're gonna Felix Harper is gonna have to throw you in a game. He's gonna have to consistently throw you. See what the thing about the thing about Felix. If you really watch his game, he's a rhythm quarterback, straight rhythm guy. If you get him off his mark, if you get him out of his rhythm, he's a he's not the best. Um, and he likes to throw that RPO a lot, that backside RPO. So I'm really I would stop the run. I just gotta stop. I gotta. I'm gonna shorten the box. I'm gonna stop the run, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna come get him. What, what you got on? What you got on, guys? Point well, on the money. Want us to get exactly? Exactly it. I would say is, um, you got to get him off his his square because he likes to sit in there and feel comfortable. Now the thing is, is once you get him off the square, you have to have a kind of a spy because he will run and then make plays. So you got to keep your head on a swivel. But if you can get to him and make him uncomfortable, he'll start making some mistakes. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I did want to shout out and say, as Scotty said earlier, you know, we talked about this. He said, you know, one of the reasons he's brought me on is to give some of that love in terms of broader than the swag. So shout out to the young man in Langston. We're going to continue to bring it. Um, and that's one of the platforms we have. And I want to thank Scotty for giving me the opportunity to get on here to talk about not just the swag, but to give a broader perspective of all HBCUs uh, in general. You the yeah, goat. I mean, yeah, I mean, to to, <laughs> to handicap a game, I mean, I guess it depends on where it's played because home field's worth like three points. So I would imagine I would say it's like a four or five point spread. So I would say FAMU might be like a two point favorite or something like that if we're going to handicap a game. But I think it would be a great test to see Alcorn go up against that defense for FAMU, especially that front seven against that offensive line. That would be a matchup to watch with mm -hmm. Isaiah Landon and the boys against that O line that struggled. So for me, I, I think I think that would be a great matchup to watch. But you would have to force that that run game to be shut down for FAMU if you're Alcorn. You got to put it on Rashawn McKay to throw against your secondary, or it could be a long day if you let that running attack get going. 
That is true. Once again, thank you, Dr. Cavill, for taking the time out, man. I know you're a busy, busy man. And when I tell you, I appreciate you for having uh, for you coming on to the platform. I love it. I know everybody else has loved it. And you know, you are always welcome. Always welcome on here uh, whenever you got some free time. Appreciate that. Much love. Appreciate you having me. It's nice to meet you, Blue. Keep up the great work. Uh, shout out to you covering HBCUs and, and the broader FCS programs. I appreciate that. Let's continue to do it, Scott, to keep growing and keep doing your thing anytime. And I appreciate the invite. No, anytime. Thanks, Dr. Cavill. Appreciate you. All right, y'all give it up for Dr. Cavill. Ooh, wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. Hey, listen, I'm going to take this last caller. You know who it is. You know what it is. It's Mr. Ford. Talk to me, Mr. Ford. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, let me... I, I know you got your people on here. I'm not going to be long. First of all, I need your uh, followers in this chat to cool out with the disrespect of the University of Cincinnati. Luke Fickle is one of the top 10 coaches in America. Those people made a commitment from the president and the ADs to make Cincinnati a program. And... uh don't be shocked now if Cincinnati ends up in the playoff. And this stuff that your followers are saying about Cincinnati, they don't know what they're talking about. Now, here's the other thing. And I want y'all to bear with me, but this is what I'm hearing. Okay. Florida and m barely beat Mississippi Valley. Jackson State barely beat Delta State. But you're telling me it's time for them to go to the group of five. I don't get that. Okay, now, a few years back, if you go back to the end of Billy Joe's era at Florida A&M, somebody got stupid down at Florida A&M and said, since we did so good in 1995, it's time for us to play Oklahoma and Virginia State. Go find out how that worked out. Go back and do your research and find out how that worked out. But my last thing I want to say to Dr. Cavill is this. The last time Texas Southern had a decent program, was Johnny Cole. What's the problem at Texas Southern? And one of the things I'm noticing about Texas Southern is, y'all need to get rid of the high school defense coordinator you got. So, Dr. Kofia, is it going to be another 20 years before Texas Southern has a championship team? And I'm going to let y'all handle that. Have a good night. Uh, you too, Mr. Ford. I guess he clearly, I guess he, didn't, he wasn't watching to see that Mr. Dr. Kofia is gone. Apologize, Mr. Ford, but we don't really know the answer to that. Uh, we just hope that uh, Texas Southern gets what they need to get. All right, <laughs> to get going. Hey, y'all, listen. Make sure y'all check out Blue Blood. His channel. He has a video with an FCS writer, a sports writer, talks about all things FCS playoffs, all the misnotions, all the confusions. Who pays for this? What takes that? Who gets ticket money? It's really, really really good all right because i know you guys are just going to skip to the part where it's all the misconceptions and myths because y'all don't know none nothing about fcs teams they talking about but it is a good show it is a good video make sure you guys tune into that and you already know my boy boy when he's gonna have the stats for you and he gonna have his prediction this week all right so until next time i appreciate y'all for tuning in thanks again to dr gaville for coming through uh smash i hope you're doing better down there in baton rouge my boy but until next time you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna holler god bless <laughs>